Hello, Merry Christmas, and welcome to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash, and a very Merry Christmas too. We're here on the 25th of December, uh, we've taken the time out of our busy days with our family. Um, Will, you look like you had quite a quite an enjoyable Christmas Eve. Well, I think I continued the party after we popped that bottle um, in last night's episode, and did I just get, didn't stop. Did you get any sleep? A couple. Of, I got my head down for a couple of hours. Did you hear Santa coming in? Um, and then I had some sleep. <laughs> I had a nightmare getting in this morning. There were no trains running or anything, so I had to get an Uber. Before we get started, it probably seems like a good time to do our the track by track secret Santa. You've got the two presents over there. Two, yeah, so obviously the office staff of two means we know who we got in the... So Cook wasn't involved in the Secret Centre? No, she's a contractor, so she's not actually uh, on the payroll. Right, but yeah, she is working today. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. She's currently fisting an old bird in the kitchen as we speak. So Dan, would you like to go first? Well, thank you very much. This looks Whoever did this wonderfully wrapped a lovely little gift on there. Um, we'll have to put these photos on Twitter, so do make sure to follow us at Move to Trash. It's almost a shame to open it, you isn't can, it? So, at Move to Trash UK. I, I, yes, I'll keep the paper. I, I know. Oh, what a treat that is! I thought that'd be a lovely memory for you. It's uh, the Spice Girls "Wannabe" on cassette. And I it's know you that, haven't got any means of playing it, but I thought it would be a lovely keepsake. It's a it's a, it's a token piece, isn't it? It's. Uh, I feel like I'm an antiques roadshow now. That's wonderful. Bump to bumper on the B side there, and then the vocal slam remix. Was that the motivate remix? Was that as discussed? Well, a few weeks ago. A few maybe. weeks ago, yeah. Thank you very much to whoever, whoever that was. Will, I believe this one is yours. Um, this is a bit bigger. This one. Well, size isn't everything. It's certainly twelve inches. And the rest. So this is a real memory, actually, real treat. This is the vinyl of All Saints 1975's release, our first ever release, and they were just a twosome, and it was Melanie Blatt and Chazenay Lewis, uh, All Saints 1975, if you want a party, brackets, I found loving. And you've got a classic Paradise Club mix, a gyro Disney mix, a full new mix, and the R&B edit. Oh, that one probably won't be your cup of tea, actually, will it? Well, I will give it a spin. Core. But less about the Spice Girls and All Saints. What are we, what are we discussing today? Uh, we're going after yesterday's episode where we talked about a Christmas album that was released only last year. We are going all the way back to 1963. Now, we haven't been nearly this far back before, have we? We're in uncharted territory mm. for uh, this album by Phil Spector, which is A Christmas Gift for You. Now, this is about as iconic as they come for Christmas albums, isn't it? And even listeners, if you don't know who Phil Spector is, or if you don't know the names of some of these acts on, that appear on this album, you will have heard these songs in several Christmas films and in adverts and stores throughout December, throughout your lives. This album peaked at number 13 um, on the Billboard, Billboard charts, and it was also voted uh, number 142 in Rolling Stone's five, top 500 greatest albums of all time. 
That's not a bad place for a Christmas album. No, and out of 500 all-time albums, mm. that was in 2003, that was. So it's very appropriate choice for Christmas Day, because I think it doesn't get any more festive than this. Absolutely, and... Phil Spector, not really the kind of character that we now associate What's with. What's happened to him? He feels like he's gone really quiet. Um, I think he's on hiatus. Should we get stuck in? I'd absolutely love to. I'm going to go and grab a mince pie. What's the first song? It's White Christmas. I know you mentioned it in the last episode. It's a wall of sound, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. That style. It's been. It was replicated in the episode yesterday by Sierra and some other songs like "Puppies Are Forever" in particular. Aww. We're still talking about those puppies, aren't puppies we? Puppies are lovely, mm. and so are older dogs as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true meaning of Christmas. And obviously, that wall of sound is going to be throughout here. It's very much a, a Phil Spector, Spector technique hallmark. Hallmark, yes. White Christmas, I think we often think of the Bing Crosby version, which I do believe reading a long time ago was the uh, sold more singles than any other ever. I'm not sure if Elton John might have knocked him off the top spot with uh, Candle in the Wind 1997 for Lady Diana. Would you prefer the Bing version? Do you prefer the Darlene version? Do you prefer a different version? There are probably a thousand out there. I prefer Darlene Love. Yeah. You're right, Darlene, love. Um, just because I like the energy to it, and it's a, it's a bit more um, bounce yeah. to it. Darlene, love is probably most known for this Christmas album. She's got a fantastic voice, and she's done a lot of other tracks. There's a song of hers called "He's a Rebel," which was a, a number one in America. She's also. Are you? A, was you ever a fan of the Lethal Weapon films? I wouldn't say fan. I, I definitely watched them and enjoyed them. She played. Danny Glover's wife in those films. Time to move on. And track number two is Frosty the Snowman. So, Dan, I've got a question for you. Okay. When was the last time we had a white Christmas in the UK? Now, I seem to remember, I don't think it snowed on Christmas. But about eight years ago, I seem to remember there was still some snow on the ground back home. About eight years ago, was that? So that was 2010, I guess. I think you're probably bang on there. I can definitely remember going back to see my family... And it was very icy, and we went for a walk on Boxing Day, and the snow had frozen, mm. and it was absolutely treacherous. But it was lovely because it was crisp. Yes, and it's this year. I mean, today it's Christmas Day. You're here in your string vest. I'm in my shorts. It's too warm this year, isn't it? 
It's absolutely ridiculous. 25 degrees on Christmas Day. Something I've just realised about this album, actually. We've been planning to do it for a long time because it's such an iconic Christmas album. It's our first compilation, really. It's not really a compilation, is it? But it's our first album featuring different acts on different tracks. So the Ronettes there singing for us with the snowman. And of course, they've got that iconic vocal and were, are famous for tracks like Be My Baby. But they played a huge influence as well on Amy Winehouse. And you can really hear that, can't you? Mm, if you can definitely. imagine if, if she would have done a cover of this song in a bit more of an up-tempo style than she was used to doing, it would have sounded quite like this. You're bang on there. And I think the Ronettes, Be My Baby, who doesn't know that song? I, so I first heard that song from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which my mother used to play on cassette in her turquoise Ford Mondeo back in the mid-90s. It's a very specific memory. Yes. Time so, to move on. Yes, we're going to take a trip down to our local church now um, to listen to some brilliant campanology. This Camp- is the Bells of St Mary's. Campanology? Now, I know, Will, from previous episodes, some of your favourite bands include Pet Shop Boys, uh, New Order. But if I'm not mistaken, actually, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans are your favourite band of all time. <laughs> so, am I right? Well, I pref- I'm, a, I'm more of a fan of Bobby Socks than the Blue Jeans. Oh. But together, what a sound. It's a lovely sound. This is, for me, one of the few songs that I didn't know of before... This, before I heard this album, I actually remember picking up this album. It's one of the um, get it for two ninety nine at HMV on the counter a few years ago. Um, and this, yeah, this is one of the songs that I hadn't heard before. I think because partly because of that, and partly because his vocal is incredible, uh, it's one of my favourites on here. It's I'd never heard it before, uh, and, I, and I really enjoyed the church bells ringing because it's it's that time of the year. Just remind me, I lived and grew up in a very small village, so church bells were very much part and parcel of this time of year hmm. as well as Sundays but likewise it's a, it's a song that's been done by the greats who have each of them done many Christmas songs um, Andy Williams Bing Crosby even and uh, not really in that same bracket Sheryl Crow <laughs> next so, one absolutely we're getting through these like Brussels sprouts on Christmas day do you know I used to hate Brussels sprouts and now I really love them with a little bit of um, bacon. Yes. And not say for that. you because listeners as you know the regular listeners will be well aware that I'm a, a strict vegetarian. You were very clear about that on yesterday's podcast. On to the next song now. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to oh, town. Ah, great one. You better watch out. You know, I forgot to ask Will actually at the start, which is a thing you always ask someone when you see them on Christmas Day. Was Santa good to you this year? He was brilliant. I got a mini 
uh, a, uh, a home cinema system. Fantastic. Uh, and a long weekend in Paris. Did you win the, the This Morning competition or something? <laughs> so that was the Crystals with Santa Claus is coming to town. The Crystals you probably know a little bit more for. Do Do Ron Ron as well as He's a Rebel. And all of their music was produced by Phil Spector. So you can see throughout this album you've got that Phil Spector thread. They're not just brought in for this album. They're acts that he's been working with a long time. It would be like, not to go overboard in his name, but it would be like Stuart Price doing a Christmas album and having three tracks with Madonna and three tracks with Take That and three tracks with my mouth watering just thinking about this album. Well, and having like a, a like a Band-Aid style group song at the end. Oh my word, that would be fantastic. Madonna, Take That, uh, The Killers. So let's go back to the recording question. This, uh, we're going back now to one of the bands who've already appeared. This is The Ronettes with Sleigh Ride. Quintessentially Christmas. Absolutely. And those sound effects, those horse sound effects, perhaps the horse was actually in the studio, you know, um, if rumours are to be believed, um, A, this is Brian Wilson's favourite album of all time, and B, Brian Wilson was supposed to play on it, but he wasn't good enough. But of course, Brian Wilson is well known for going a little bit potty and bringing live animals into the studio for the, Pet, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds album. So perhaps the gift he gave to this album was just bringing in a pony. Or it's just sound effects, maybe. I'd, I'd like to believe, like Sia's puppies yesterday, mm. I don't mean her breasts, <laughs> that they were actually there in the studio. Mm. If not, it's probably someone with coconuts doing the... Uh, not, <laughs> I'm not talking about Sia's breasts, I'm talking about the um, click-clop, click-clop. But yeah, a great version of that song. It's interesting, we're talking about an that's album... That's still the version we hear now, actually, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think that's the same with a lot of these... These tracks have been covered so many times before and afterwards, but these songs are quite often the now class as the definitive version. And it's interesting that the album was recorded or released in 1963. The track was published in 1948, so we are going back a hell of a long way. 1948. I mean, can you remember what you were doing in 1948? I just finished secondary school. <laughs> so he was about 11 then. Yeah. I'm joking, listeners. Of course he is. The other version of this song that I remember distinctly is the Spice Girls version, which is on the B-side to, I think, Two Become One. It also appeared on one of the earlier versions of Now That's What I Call Christmas, which I had, which unfortunately, due to some publishing rights issues, had Samantha Mumba's version of All I Want For Christmas Is You, and Ronan Keating's version of Fairytale of New York. Well, that was very of its time. Did Ronan Keating use the F word? Let's find out in due course. And, and after the next song, let's let the listeners know. Um, but I've never liked him. Ronan? Yeah. So, so do you think he probably yeah, did say it? We did say it. Should we just assume that he did say it? Yeah. That's not a very nice thing to say. The, the Spice Girls version, though, sticks in my head for the wrong reasons. And actually, it's a recording of theirs I don't like at all. Because 
during um, the, the girls are in the studio and clearly they are they're not taking it very seriously. They're just singing and chatting over each other and playing the fool, which you expect of them and which is quite fun. Clearly, the record company just thought we'll just ram this on for a B side. But I never like a B side that's almost like, will this do? Yeah, chucked together. Oh, it's only a B side. That shouldn't be there. That's not only a B side. Mm. Anyway, during it, Mel B shouts out, "Father Christmas doesn't exist." Now, why would she? Why would she lie? First of all, well, yeah, there was. She's obviously joking, yep. just trying to wind people up. But why would she say that? This isn't. I mean, I know he's just. He must be absolutely shattered now. Yes. So why would you? Why do that to him? He's had a very busy night. Mm. So yes, and he he served me well. I got a forty-two piece dinner set in my stocking. I think we should probably move on. Let's now. move on. And Will, we're going to take a trip to Candy Cane Lane, very close by. It's Marshmallow World. <laughs> One of those songs where I love the ending. Well, I was going to say, that's my favourite bit. Do, 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 do. Oh, so you don't like the rest of the song? Well, it's very much... It's very... It, it's a... Quite an archetypal Christmas song, isn't it? Well, interestingly, I was going to... Or was it the Christmas song that all future archetypes were based on? Well, potentially. Um, as always, we jot down our little notes while we're, while we're listening to the songs. I've got my brand new fountain pen and notepad from Paper Chase that someone got me for Christmas. And I wrote about how the song doesn't actually mention Christmas in there, so it's a winter song, isn't it? And I do remember years ago, and it was a lovely flourish of snow in about February, and I played this song because I thought, I really want to play a song about snow. I think I also played Let It Snow, because I don't think that mentions Christmas. But I just wanted to play a quintessentially winter song that would be acceptable in February, and that this is the one I used. I, every year I yearn for it to be a white Christmas. Oh, I'd absolutely love it. But it just feels every year it gets warmer. It does. I... Think we should put a pause on time. Just don't call anything a date or a month for. Let's like, pause where we are for the moment, and then let's pick up where we left off in January. Say it'll feel much colder, and then going forward, we'll be where we need to be. Just to get back in sync again. Yes, and I think well, we did. We had late snow last year, wasn't it? It was almost like the end of February, start of March. I'm, I think it was almost mid to late March. Mm. Yeah, but and that was Darling Love again singing there. She's probably most well-known for one of the tracks coming up in a little while, but one of my favourite songs of hers, which is a, a Christmas song she did quite a while after this album, but actually a hell of a long time ago now, um, All Alone on Christmas from the Home Alone 2 soundtrack, Aww. which is a fantastic song and very much in keeping with the style. Are you aware of that song? In keeping, very good pun there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not aware of that. Uh, perhaps I'll play it to you later. So on this next track, uh, the Ronettes talk about uh, an issue I think we all experienced at some point over the years of Christmas. Following through? No. Um, this is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Oh, OK.
We're back to the iconic sound of the runouts there, and I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Will, what would you do in that situation? Uh, I'd keep a respectful distance, <laughs> let them finish up what they were doing, mm. and then I'd probably want to talk to... I'd ask Santa Claus to leave. Because you know, that's a big thing. Normally you would, you know, you'd want, if you saw Santa Claus, you'd want him to stay, wouldn't you? And then I'd obviously have a chat with my mum. Mm. What would you say to her? Mum, what's going on? Perhaps she, she, she sorry, may be... Sorry, mum, I know my mum does listen to the podcast. My mum hates it. Really? Yeah. One of the most famous versions of this song is the Jackson 5 version. Are you a fan of that one at all? I was never a fan of the Jackson 5. Um, oh. And having seen them reform performing... Not five of them. No, obviously not. But, yeah. um, Michael, yes, obviously legend. Yeah. Uh, whatever you think about him personally, you can't deny he's a recording legend. Yes. Perhaps one day we'll feature him. I, I can imagine that happening. Hmm. There is a new... I was told recently that kids don't sing anymore. They sing, I saw Mommy Tickle Santa Claus. It's PC gone mad, isn't it? What does that what does that mean? And also I've heard that tickling's quite a sexual fetish to some people, so Yeah, apparently it's all over the websites. Mm, which websites? Um, I don't know. Probably not any that are suitable for this day. Or this podcast. Or this podcast. The dinner's on the go, the roasties have just gone in, so we need to crack on with this. Will, are you pro or against Yorkshire puddings on your Christmas dinner? Uh, you've got to throw everything and the kitchen sink into a Christmas dinner. Right. Well, I'll go and pass the message on to Cook. And in the meantime, we've got the crystals again and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Something I've often thought about recording a Christmas album. Obviously, they record it much earlier in the year. In this case, I think it was actually recorded uh, in September. So nowadays, that'd be very Christmassy. But I think 50 years ago, it wouldn't be so much. It must be a very strange experience trying to get all of that festive energy into a track, but it not being actually elsewhere. I do remember seeing a, a video for when Kylie released hers, and they had all fake Christmas trees and decorations in there. Which makes sense, I guess, to try and get you in the mood. But, of course, then you step outside and it's scorching. 100 degrees. Mm, quite. <laughs> In-joke there for any fans of Kylie or who listened to yesterday's episode. Yes, because it was further listening. Mm. This next song is... I keep saying this about everyone, but it's potentially our earliest ever featured song. It's from the year you were born, actually, 1934. <laughs> so here we go with... It's Darlene again, it's Winter Wonderland.
Winter Wonderland, uh, performed there by Darlene Love. Um, and this is a pop one, pop fact for you. Do you know what my favourite win- version of Winter Wonderland is? Um, and you wouldn't be expecting this, actually. Okay. Um, no. Uh, the Eurythmics did a version of this song. Oh, I do like Eurythmics. Which is a power pop 80s extravaganza. Do you, do you remember Annie Lennox's Christmas album from Christmas Cornucopia? It's called. No. From about maybe about five years ago now, she does things more things like "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." It's much more hymns reworked in a very hmm, choral style, I'd say, but with her really strong voice coming through on that. Now then, I've got a very important question to ask you. Okay. Um, because Christmas is the time for big questions. Oh. Do you have presents before or after Christmas dinner? It's a very, very good question, and it's it's split the nation, I think. Um, a combination of the two, to be quite honest with you. We pop to grandma's in the morning and share presents with extended family there. Then we have Christmas. Din- you said Christmas dinner, and I would normally say that as well, but I'm often told off for not calling it Christmas luncheon by my um, uh, more well-to-do friends, shall we say. Who are they? Uh, no one you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have more gifts afterwards. How about you? Oh, we wait until later on. So we have, we sit down about one, two-ish for Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. Christmas luncheon, uh, and then three, four o'clock we open our gifts. Lovely. And then we all doze off. Well, three is the Queen's speech, so do you watch that first and then... No. No? No. Shall we play the next song? Let's pop the next one on. This is Parade of the Wooden Soldiers. Oh, my favourite. Now, once again, I am astounded at the age of some of the music that we are featuring on this podcast on Track by Track, a very current and modern celebration of pop music. This song originates from, well, have a guess. 1935. Earlier. 1930. Earlier. 1925. This podcast has got a strict time limit, so I'm going to tell you. (laughs) 1897. You're joking. I'm not. It originates from the Parade of the Tin Soldiers, which is uh, by a German composer called Leon Jessel. That's probably the only time we're going to mention his name on this series. Um, This is another one of the songs from the album, much like The Bells of St. Mary's, that I'd never heard before. And unlike The Bells of St. Mary's, I'm not so much of a fan. In fact... I don't know about you, but I think this gives us a chance. It's a perfect opportunity to talk about the fantastic, very dated album artwork. And it's basically everyone that was involved in the album standing inside uh, a big boxes of open presents. Uh, so you've got, you know, all the gang are there, actually. So you've got the Crystals, the Ronettes, you've got uh, the others, you've got Darlene Love. 
Uh, and uh, they're all looking extremely festive and very happy to be there. Very much so. Let's move on to the next one. Now, we definitely know this one. And this, I think I have to say, is the... I think the highlight of the album. Say no more. This is Christmas, open bracket, baby, please come home, close bracket. I think you're right. And it's the only original track on the album as well. So I think it's it's, it's got that for it. It's got that going for it. It's funny because it was original back then, but obviously oh so familiar now. Very familiar. Not a great deal of covers, though, I think, of this one, are there? Because that original version is so iconic and almost untouchable. And that wall of sound style and the vocals and the harmonies, just lovely. And actually, we were very quiet and very still through that song, just our heads moving. Yes. Because we were really feeling the music. We really were. At this time of year, it's when you contemplate a little bit more, maybe, and um, get a little bit emotional, actually. Are you contemplating? I don't really want to do this podcast anymore. (laughs) What a moment to reveal that. (laughs) It's like when Steps broke up on Boxing Day all over again. Remember that. I mean, Boxing Day is never fun for anyone. No, it's a very depressing time of the year. So Christmas Baby, Please Come Home was actually a huge flop when it was initially released. (laughs) (laughs) How often we say that? (laughs) The first couple of times it was released uh, in 63 and 64, it didn't chart. It's one of those songs that over time has become just a Christmas Um, classic. Yeah. It's also, it wasn't supposed to be Darling Love Sing This One, if rumours are to believed. Ronnie Spector of the Renettes was going to sing this one, but she couldn't put the emotion into the song that it needed. Also, it was played live from 1986 every year for 29 years on the the Late Show with David Letterman in America, of course. We don't get that over here. Our equivalent would probably be Chatty Man with Alan Carr, maybe. It doesn't do that anymore, does it? Is that not on? No, or Graham Norton. We went to see Chatty Man live, actually, didn't we? Yes. And you... Got lost. Got hilariously lost and drunk in the ITV. And ended, ended up, up in uh, Loose Women or Good Morning Britain studio, I think. Is that the first time you've got drunk and ended up inside Loose Women? So we're coming towards the end of the album now. And I'm really enjoying it. It's such a different different tone and a different pace to the podcast today. And actually, if it was going to happen any day, it was going to be on Christmas Day, wasn't it? So we're on to track 12 now. And the return, finally, of your favourite band of all time. Oh, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans. Yes. Yes, they're back. And also, here comes Santa Claus. Sweet, that one. Yes, and that's the case with a lot of the tracks here. Just little bite-sized, snowflake-covered, cinnamon-scented, 
frosty, beautiful pop masterpieces. There's a mouthful. Try saying that after you've had a a, a, a toffee penny. <laughs> Have you been going through my stocking? No, it's been going through your uh, quality street and taking all the nice ones out. You've had the strawberry creams, haven't you? No, I don't like the strawberry creams. Don't you? No, I'd rather have the fudge. <laughs> I like the green triangle. Bit of praline. Mm. Not a fan? No. So the iconic vocals of Bob B. Socks and the Blue Jeans there. Uh, he's got a real soaring powerhouse of a vocal, hasn't he? That range. It's magnificent. Bobby Socks, famous for their first hit, which was Zippity Doodah. Oh, yes, lovely, lovely one. From Song of the South. We're on to the last track of the album, and it's a bit special. Well, this track is normally the point in the album where Phil Spector says a little thank you to to the people for listening and, and to others, but... I'd like to do something a little bit different this time, if that's okay. Yes, I think we should. Hello, this is Dan Bull and... Will Warren. It is so difficult at this time to say words that will express our feelings about the podcast to which you have just listened. A podcast that has been in the planning for many, many months. First... Let us thank all the people who work so hard with us in the production of this podcast and in our, in our endeavour and desire to bring something new and different to the podcast of Christmas and to the recording industry which is so much a part of our lives. Of course, the biggest thanks goes to you for giving us the opportunity to relate our feelings of Christmas through the music that we love. At this moment... We are very proud of all the artists that have appeared on Track by Track so far. And on behalf of them, Pet Shop Boys, New Order, Churches, Madonna, Take That, Rachel Stevens, The Killers, The Girl Bands, Spice Girls, Girls Aloud, Sugar Babes and All Saints, Share, Share Again, Franz Ferdinand, Sia, Phil Spector with The Crystals, The Ronettes, Darling Love, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans, and ourselves. May we wish you the very merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Years. And thank you so very much for letting us spend this Christmas with you. You got a little something in your eye there. I think it's just that scented candle again that <laughs> caught me. Cut you unaware. <laughs> now, before we do go, I think it would be wise, only wise, to have a, a few, couple of further listening tracks, some songs from the last millennium. So we've got a whole thousand years to choose from. Uh, and we've listened to some quite old pieces tonight. To share with the listeners of Track by Track, two final gifts under the tree. Will, I'd love to invite you to unwrap yours first well speaking of some quite old pieces I'm going to go I've pushed my luck a bit actually and I've come quite close to the end of the millennium to 1998 and I have gone for funny enough a Spice Girls uh, Christmas cover oh which always gets me in the mood for a good Christmas time 
And that's Christmas wrapping by the Spice Girls. So let's have a listen. I think that's the right thing to do. I do love the updating of the lyrics in there. Tesco gets a name check. And a few years after they released this, of course, they would do that iconic Tesco Christmas advert. And if you've got some spare time or some downtime today on Christmas Day, do go onto YouTube and watch the Spice Girls 2 Christmas adverts. Yes, they are. They The thing is, we've mentioned it so many times before, I, I gush about the Spice Girls on this podcast, but they, especially at Christmas time, it's such a... They, they go together very well for me. And so not only was it great that originally at Christmas they had their their run of three Christmas number ones. They did Sleigh Ride, we mentioned earlier. Not for me, that one. They did Christmas wrapping. Did quite like this one. But then when they came back and did the Christmas adverts, kind of tied it all up in a nice little bow. I was hoping for a maybe a little advert this year with four of them, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. I love this song. Great, really fun version of this song. Yeah. Uh, very danceable. Yes. If you've had a few to drink. You, yeah, you can almost get Nana up around the Christmas tree dancing to this one, couldn't you? Well, I think I saw Cook out the corner of my eye. She was having a little uh, boogie around the sink. Well, I'd normally have a word about that, but on Christmas Day... You let it slide. I will let that one slide. And I've actually got a little pop fact for you about this song. Um, so this was released as the B-side to Goodbye... Of course, they said goodbye to Jerry. This was just a four-piece. But actually, it's only Mel C and Emma that recorded this song. Oh, really? Yes. Um, if you remember correctly, and certainly for me, just before this 1998, the girls were on their world tour. As I said, Jerry had left. Mel B and Victoria were pregnant. And I think by the time it came to the end of the year, they were so far gone, they just couldn't waddle down to the studio. So it was left to Baby and Sporty to put this together to sling onto the B-side. So, Dan, what have you gone for? So, the song I've gone for seems, in some ways, like a newer Christmas track, especially in comparison to the Phil Spector album. It actually, its sound is borrowed very heavily from there. This isn't some deep cut that I'm going to throw your way. This is a very, very well-known Christmas song. But I just couldn't not include it on this episode. This is Mariah Carey, All I Want For Christmas Is You. my breath now actually what a lovely song to end on actually on Christmas Day I've never seen you move like that before um this very polished floor means you can be quite nippy around it but how old is that now that track well it's 24 years old this Christmas so next Christmas it's going to be celebrating its silver jubilee can you believe it never seems to get old does it it doesn't and what I love about the streaming age is that every year this 
pops back up on the charts again. Allegedly, this song has earned Mariah Carey $60 million in royalties from this one song alone. Really? Blimey. So, I had an idea. We're going to record a Christmas song? Yes! <laughs> I thought we could round this episode up, not, not to rush anyone, but I think it's Christmas Day, you know, I've had a couple of sherries now, it's started to snow outside... This is the we've got our recording equipment here. What could go wrong? <laughs> Let's just go for it. Excellent. That's it. That's it. We're out of time. And you know, Christmas. we want to give you some of your Christmas Day back. So, so we're, we're, that's it. Thank you for tuning in on this very special day. It's also our last episode of the year. It is the next time you'll hear from us. It'll be New Year's Day. 2019. And we've got a great episode lined up. Uh, Dan, can you give anything away? Well, we've gone back to our electronic indie pop roots, I would say, with a duo who are influenced by a lot of the icons that we that we spoke about and that we, we look up to. That's a great way to put it. I think to say anything more would be to spoil too much, but you haven't got long to wait for it. And I think there's nothing else remains for us to say than, Dan, should we have just a quick Christmas toast? Yes. Here's to Track by Track. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And before I go, just don't forget, at Moves Trash UK, hashtag Track by Track, and please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Search Trash Track by Track. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Christmas day. I've been Bobby Socks in the Blue Jeans. And I've been Darlene, love. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.